This is a Hoff Studios podcast. And then I just have a problem with like white girls being like, I'm going to talk cool. Oh, like, I'm like, wow. I don't like that. What are you doing? What are you or doing? Do you? Do you? Can't what? Because that is not you. I don't mm. know what that thing you're doing is, but please. I mean, but stop. we do know what that thing is. That's, a, that's appropriation. Oh, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just not honest. Like, what? You don't have to do. You, what are you? Just teach. Talk. Just teach. And just talk. talk. Like, you don't. I don't know what that is, but it's not working. Mm. And all we're doing is teaching people, like, it's actually about them, mm-hmm. not you. Well, the, I, I find, like, the, the performance aspect of, um, there are a lot of performers. Who I'm do, not into it. You're not into it. But but you are, but you but have a the theater from, background, so. And I'm teaching. So there's, the the entertainment aspect is secondary. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm teaching you. I'm not performing for you. Mm -hmm. But I don't perform for you when I'm acting. I'm telling someone's story and living someone else's truth for you to have an experience. Yeah. Which also makes an actor to me good or trash. Yeah, I mean, I have a very, like, vivid um, sort of, like, saved Instagram videos of you being amazing and celebrating the female form. And it it does feel like, you know like your perf- like it is a performance but maybe it's just a channeling it's it, it's a yeah. subtle difference subtle difference yeah for me i'm just like i'm uninhibited um and a lot of women are not because we haven't been taught to be that and so you know speaking of school years i, I remember at 18 entering juilliard going I don't know what this is going to be, but the two things I won't be are jaded and jealous. Mm. And and not everybody's not going to like me. And that's okay. How did you come to that at 18? I just I'm I was okay at just throwing myself at this thing that I had no idea of what it was. And so I didn't want to try to posture and anticipate the experience. I just wanted to be fully present. It's this huge gift. Yeah. You know, I was a complete nerd. You know, I grew up in Oakland, AP and honors, everything and student government and sports and theater and all the things and, and boyfriends and, you know, that I was going to get married to because I was a good Catholic. And, uh... Oh, wow. I didn't know that part about you. <laughs> oh, that I'm Catholic? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, now I I'm mean, also I Baptist because been... I needed, I think, more Jesus to help me. Jesus is good. <laughs> no, no I, 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 it, sounds, it sounds facetious coming from a Jewish girl, but, like, when I, I, I... Part of why I gravitate toward your, your teaching is because it is God-informed. And for me, that resonates. Yeah. yeah, I'm into it. I didn't know that it came from the Catholic Church or from Baptist. No, it didn't, didn't come from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, uh, I'm definitely going to hang out in purgatory for a good while. Oh, I'll see you there. Yeah. God's going to be like, I mean, you, I, you're well-intentioned. I understood the intent. The delivery had a lot of four-letter words. But my first acting teacher, John Sticks, who was probably definitely 90s when I met him, was like this big. And I was like this... Catholic school girl who was, you know, not uninhibited. I was very 
like controlled and needed to get an A and you need to get an A in acting. And I remember... Not, not as if there's such a thing in acting and mothering. Don't get me started. Right. Like, I need a grade. The, the like, educational yes. system has told me that, like, I need a test and I need a grade so that I know it's complete and that I've done my job. He saved oh. me. He was like, honey, you're not at home anymore. You're not in high school. You're like, you're an adult. You can curse like a sailor. I kind of mm-hmm. want you to. And I remember doing a... Um, one of those, you know, sensory exercises. You know, my parents are paying all this fucking money to send me oh, to Juilliard. But I think everyone should go to acting school. I know it seems like crazy to be walking around like a giraffe, but genuinely, I think it's like essential learning for all. Sensory exercises. Yeah. Or being a color. That was Jaren oh, Purple. I am purple. purple. No, I am so purple. I had a classmate who was purple. I and I I I'm I try to remember a lot. I'm more visual than I am like Auditory. Um, yeah. Jaron Barnum was purple. And I remember him being purple. And I've had moments in school where I was like, my parents realize that they're paying thirty to four thousand dollars for me to be purple. They don't realize <laughs> and they don't need to know. They don't need to know. But I was like, this would not be the class they need to witness. Like. It's not at all. And they're not witnessing and there are no cameras and no one's allowed in for good reason. Because I'm swimming in sand. Yeah, but it was the shower sensory, right? Mm-hmm. And like it finished, right? And John Sticks is like in his 90s sitting there and everybody's be- trying to get their A. And they're like, right. and then when I got in the shower, I felt the water dripping down my spine mm-hmm. and the temperature changed. And I was sitting there like, I'm going to fail this class because I didn't feel all that at all. Like right. I didn't feel. So after class, I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I was not feeling all that. He's like, they're not feeling that. And he goes, and he's like, all you have to do is if you're sitting there and nothing's happening, just tell yourself nothing's happening. That's right. And the audience is going to see that you had a thought. And I was like... Well, the other thing is the audience sees that you're present and like for an audience that is just dying to be in their body, like just dying for a moment here and now, the neurotransmitters in our brains Mm -hmm. that like get to experience what you're experiencing, oh, like for a second, if she could just feel nothing, then I can feel something. Well, because we're that's, here being honest, right? And and acting and, and training, right? So I'm also a trainer. Acting. Hi, <laughs> my name is Rachel Nix. I have 20 jobs. Um, oh, I would call them like careers or uh, no, callings. that's a trifecta. It is now. So um, you know, born and raised in Oakland, California. Went to Juilliard. Actor. Um, then was always into fitness. I was an athlete as a kid, played basketball, soccer, volleyball, um, and I was a gymnast for 12 years. So that was like a piece of me. But back then, you know, in the good old days, you know, being a fitness professional was not a thing for young girls to aspire to. Um, it, didn't, know, it didn't look as fun. Not yeah, really. I mean, there I'm was Jane Fonda. There was Jane and, Fonda, but like right, outside uh, of that. Simmons, what was his name? Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. He was having fun. But it, in general... I don't know. It wasn't as like... My mom definitely had a thigh master that I probably almost killed yeah. myself in the face with a few times. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm probably almost like, my hips out of place trying to squeeze. I do remember that. Um, is that why my pelvis is out of alignment? Possibly. Because that thing was... I mean, that was that was serious. Oh, we should talk offline. Yeah, well, I love the pelvic floor, so we can talk all about it. We could mm. maybe do a whole podcast about the pelvic floor. Probably should. Um... Yeah, and then um, I was taking a lot of hot yoga 
and realizing it was sustaining me in a really unhealthy relationship in my like mid twenties and started teaching. And it, what I say is unlock Pandora's box. And I just was obsessed once I started teaching. And so the reason I love to act is to affect change in my community, give a voice to the voiceless. And when I start teaching fitness, I'm like, well, I'm doing that even in a more tangible and personal way. And then I just was a nerd for it, like I am anything else, and got a bunch of certifications. Then I had a bunch of mothers that were my students. Always wanted to be a mommy. I was that girl that swallowed her baby and you know pushed in the stroller. I didn't talk to my dolls, which is weird because I'm an actress. But um, I took care of them like a mother. It was very serious, changed her clothes, all thing. Uh, and then I specialized and did more training in pre and postnatal fitness, and then dove into becoming a doula. Then saw that women weren't breastfeeding and became Wait. a lactation counselor. Doula. Yeah, I'm a doula and a lactation counselor. And now I have a nonprofit called I, Birth Queen. Called Birth Queen. Okay. So I'm going to start from Birth Queen. Yeah, we'll go backwards. And we'll go backwards. How about that? Yeah. Because I, Birth Queen is actually how I um, I just started getting uh, really interested in you. Because I remember meeting you with Jenny Moness, who also um, was on the podcast, who's a mutual friend. And I heard you over here, heard you talking about Birth Queen, and I was just like, whatever this woman is doing, I am going to support, and I am going to do whatever I can to get the word out, because... Thank you. Wow. Can you tell us about Birth Queen? Yes. So um, there is a black maternal health crisis. Um, for those of you who do not know, black women die, you know, it's, I wish I could ha- keep it at the small number, but... The general number is three to five times the rate as white women in childbirth, but in New York City, it's upwards of 12 times the rate. Our babies are twice as likely to three times as likely not to make it to their first birthday. Our breastfeeding rates live around 35%. White and Hispanic women's live around 53 to 56%. So what happens is people like to be like, oh, it's like a low income black and brown issue. It's like immigrants or obese black and brown people. I'm like, no, it's a black issue across socioeconomics and race is the issue. We are dying because of racism. And that is like hard for me as a black woman to swallow or anybody else that hears it because your brain is like, what? How are, how is a woman dying in childbirth because of racism? How is um, a long history of medical racism? And so what's important for me to, to explain to everyone is how we got here. So obstetrics is a very young practice in the scheme of life, but it was recreated for monetary reasons. A lot of women having babies, white dudes were like, man, we can make some money. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to deliver babies. Well, they didn't talk to midwives who in this country were all women of African descent, oh, slaves. I didn't know that. Wow. So midwives is not this like trendy white thing. It's an African tradition. Mm-hmm. And everyone in this country was born in the hands of a black woman who was a slave. And so that, when obstetrics started to enter, they're like, okay, well, we got to demonize all the midwives to take all the business. Hence, business of being born that Ricky Lake did, right? So it's, they made babies. It's like, it's capitalism. Business of being born is a documentary that Ricky Lake did. Yeah. Uh, and it's right. So it exposes a lot of the problems, but... Not this problem. Not this problem. So in the 1860s, you have Dr. Marion Sims, who's like called, you know, the father of medicine, all this stuff. It's like, mm, no. He's raping slaves and cutting them open without anesthesia to practice C-sections. A lot of them survive. He goes, 
whoa, black women don't feel pain the way white women feel. That holds true today across the spectrum. I mean, studies have been done with, you know, certain doctors think that black skin is thicker and we don't have same pain receptors and all these things. So if I sprain my ankle, go to the doctor, you ignore me, I can still walk, I don't die. But if I think I'm hemorrhaging and you're like, yo, you're tough, you're a black woman. I'm like, uh, I ain't that tough. Like, I need you to check. No, I'm a person. <laughs> you know, if I'm hemorrhaging yeah. and we've all done it. And then black women are like, well, I'm tough. So if it's hurting, do right. I not say something? Should I be able to suck this up? That's right, because it's internalized as well, right? Because right? we're swimming in it. Correct. So that's it. So birth queen, why? Because I am a black woman with education, resources, and privilege across the board. And specifically, I like to talk about my packaging. I am an acceptable black woman. Um, not once I open my mouth and everyone's like, oh, she, we, we wouldn't expect her to be that loud and clear and honest. <laughs> I try to smile while I do it, but... Um, but you don't have to. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do have to. I don't know. I think for you me... You don't have to hear is what right. I'm saying. Uh, the pain seeps through, but I think for me, I choose joy and I don't want to live in pain. And so Birth Queen was born out of my trauma yeah. about having another black son in 2020 when black men were being killed for sport and Trump was riding high and race relations were insane and the pandemic and all of that. All, so it was Baldwin, all your, your second so son Baldwin, my 18 month old was born September 28th, 2020. I had one of those like crazy visions like that brought me out of the bed to take to the gram, to texting, to emailing black women. Like, would you share your story, your birth story? And a lot of black women were like, me, 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 sign me up from really public to the most conservative and private they were like me what do you need I'm here and I'm like okay so there's something here so fast forward to March 8th I got I literally received my EIN for my nonprofit on International Women's Day which I was like okay God there was like the 85th sign of him being like this what you doing I'm like am I doing this I got a six-month-old and a three-year-old am I really about to you're found a nonprofit this. you're doing this so I did um and so uh Basically, what we're doing. I was in the junior league for ten years, so I don't know what that is. I, okay, so it was, it, it was like a really racist uh, <laughs> organization. That's not racist anymore, but oh, okay. the help. Remember the help where like black yeah. people couldn't use the toilets. That that was junior league, oh. um, but it's not that way anymore. It was it oh. was kind of that like invite only sorority okay. nonprofit that focuses on women and children. But the great thing is, I was a member for ten years. They made an effort to diversify, and what they do is raise money and disseminate hours of volunteer support to established nonprofits. So what I learned is how to run a successful nonprofit. Oh, wow. And I also learned that there are amazing people doing the work, but it is so hard to raise awareness, to raise money, and to do the work. Okay. So Birth Queen will be like, ideally my dream, we're only a year in, is to house this issue so that you can come as an ally or a black birthing person to get resources and education. Um, and then we'll fundraise for Birth Queen specific things, but Birth Queen will also disseminate funds to organizations doing the work to support black birthing people and to also fund trainings for more black birth workers. Because, and I will stop at this sentence, we know that solution-wise, and that's big for me, I can't just live in the problem and the stress that I don't, Rachel doesn't function in, in sadness and stress. No. Rachel's like, what's the solution? Let's, no, you are, you're delivering the solutions. You're delivering the, you're 
really channeling God, I think. Oh, no, no. My, th- this is are. all by design. Like, yeah. I can't By do, design, that's exactly Yeah, right. he's literally, like, my steps have been ordered. And why I share these things, like the EIN on International Women's Day, I Sounds. literally said one day when I was putting this, when he was helping me put the vision together, I said, I need to meet a black midwife. I kid you not, you guys, the next day, I got an email from a black midwife in Oakland, where I'm from, right. who's a, a Mirror member. Right, right. And I was like... Mirror, where you work uh, as work. a trainer. Yes, I'm a trainer at Mirror. And so I looked at the sky. I was across the street on the east side, and I was like, okay, that was a little that was a little too clear, you know? But he was like, you're not going to avoid this. No. I mean, I got a gig that was the cost to file the right. exact same amount, things like that. Right. Um when you say so, yeah. birth workers, is that what the yes. phrase you, you you mean like midwives, midwives doulas, doulas, lactation? Okay, and and you're not talking right because because birth is work. I wasn't sure if you were talking about mothers. No, so so the last thought to like to for everyone to understand what the solution is is we understand that there's medical racism. I wish I could like wave my wand and fix that. No, I'm open to talking to like OBs and all that, but we know that when you have a black woman caring for a black woman, there's positive outcomes, right? So that is why what I want to do is make sure we have more black midwives, more black doulas, more black lactation, because that's also a huge issue um, and a lot of bias and misinformation um, that like I have friends dealing with real time. So, so that's my goal, pairing that. Um, and as a doula, do you often work with non-black that's what uh, that has me passionate about it because i've i've supported wealthy educated privileged white women who were treated like shit so i'm going damn they didn't even listen to her no they don't i mean that's the whole point yeah so we have a problem is do you know what do do you know what a doula is right guys so it's like a a a woman or usually a woman who is the go-between between the birthing mother and the care provider so that the person, the birthing mother who's in the midst of this enormous undertaking has someone advocating for her. That's crazy that like we need an extra voice and yeah, an extra body in the room doula. advocating. Everybody get a doula. Everybody. But, Just do it. But isn't it kind of a crazy paradigm that we need a doula that, that the doctor wouldn't listen to the yeah, woman? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, there's also, there yeah. are also like physical... Like, she's supporting, she's supporting she should you physically, coach, but yes, she's also there to go. Oh, oh. Right. Like mm-hmm. these are your options and they forgot to mention this. And I think you can do that. Right. And, and I think the other thing that to, to keep it positive, a doula is there for you and your entire experience, pregnancy, birth, and at least a couple visits, at least one visit postpartum. They're also postpartum doulas. Yeah. And bereavement doulas, which is important because people have uh, loss. But um, what people have to understand, I think we're afraid of the of birth. We're like, it's going to hurt. I'm scared. And then we just ignore it. Not, that's not the thing to ignore. Educate yourself, empower yourself, and have a doula so that in the moment when you had your plans and your preferences and you have to pivot from those preferences, you have someone that is educated and talked you through it, and you guys have different routes to take that keep you centered in your birth experience. And so the real problem is that the mom has been taken out of the center of the birth experience. But what I need to tell everybody is, who are you without your mama? You not here. 
So how are women? And by you, you mean the whole anybody, world. anybody, everybody. and everybody, everyone. That's exactly so right. So why are you with your letters behind your name or your white coat or your this? You ain't shit. You're not. You're, Did you're, you make the eyeballs? You know, you're just not important. So when you walk into the room and you look at the monitor and you look at the partner and you look at the nurse and you look at the clipboard, uh, excuse me. I'm here trying to have a baby. So there's no baby without me. Why are you not looking at me? Why are you not talking to me? Why are you not touching me? Why are you not creating a space that I feel safe and empowered? By the way, a cervix doesn't open unless a woman feels safe. That's why we have so many C-sections. That's why we have so many women getting depressed because they don't feel empowered and their body's not literally not opening. Dogs cannot have a baby on Fifth Avenue because they know it's not safe. So why should I feel safe to have a baby with bright lights, a bunch of strangers going in and off a break and shift changes and only looking at monitors and leaving me once they medicate me? And literally every time, once a woman gets epidural, they go, they're ghosts. They're gone. And they're like, do you feel like you have to poop? Okay. Yeah. Do you, okay, let me check. No, you're not ready to. Do you feel like you have to poop? No. And that's it. That's all they do to you. And you're like, I'm in the middle of the biggest. So I'm just like supposed to sit here and lay here, strapped to all this shit, and no one says anything to me. So that you're this, (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. But this experience came, this like sort of um, moment of realization that you needed to be a doula came to you with Samuel through, through that No, I experience. was a doula before <gasps> being a mother. I did not know yeah. that. I was actually talking to a friend about that. I was, I'm, I think we had that conversation so I could try to articulate it properly. But there are women who have babies who then think they're doulas. Okay. And I'm like, you might have arrived to the fact that you would like to support women now as a result of the lack of support you have. But what I find dangerous with that arrival of that choice of path is that you have to be very diligent that you don't apply your story to everyone else's. That's right. So I was a doula and not a mother Mm -hmm. for a long time first because I saw a need of women being unempowered and that doesn't sit well with me and that started before you were an advocate for black women this is women yeah no just in general and it was from so I was passionate I always wanted to be a mom so from my mid-20s I did a lot of education for my own personal edification then I started teaching going um there's a lot of moms that I'm training I didn't feel confident you get like you literally get a one pager about pre and postnatal fitness and every like fitness training and I'm like clearly that is not enough information for me to serve pregnant and postpartum women that's not enough and every training was like that so then I did another 85 yoga pre and postnatal training mm-hmm. I did another certification for a week with a woman who had was a Pilates instructor who had a 10 finger diastasis recti Ouch. because everyone's like oh just keep doing what you're doing and she was like working on the reformer throughout her pregnancy and literally like she laid down and it was like a a horror movie or sci-fi like you could stick see this was her stomach you could stick your hand like into her body but did did it get better tell me it gets better well not with a 10 finger you have to have surgery oh okay but then after did it get better (laughs) i need a happy ending yeah they just they do you know little courses but it's things like that that women are prioritized incontinence i talk about it all the time pain with sex vaginismus we have to have these conversations and so it was i was passionate about it because those women just kind of fell into the background right and um, are doing things that make their situation worse, not really postpartum than prenatal. 
so that's what led me to do it. And I had a student when I was playing with the idea who was pregnant. She's like, you're doing it and I'm your first client. Mm. And I was like, okay. you're doing the doula mm -hmm. training and I'm yeah. going to be your first client mm -hmm. after that. Yeah. I mean, it's holy work. You're bringing life into the world at like what, once a month? No, I, I don't have the bandwidth to do it now. Yeah, because you, because you I work have through the night. Of... Babies are usually born <laughs> yeah. through the night, right? Right. No, it is God's work because you are you have to drop everything to be there for a family. And um, and you have your a family of your own. Yes, I, I have a family of my own and my, all my other commitments. So my the last birth I did was two weeks ago, almost three of close friends. Yeah. Um. So that was beautiful, and she was great about that. Is she? We just kind of have faith it was gonna work out, and baby girl came on my day off, and wow, <laughs> she was thirty hours on my time off. <laughs> like, time, time I was like, look, off. Corey, girl, my auntie ain't slept, but I love you. You're cute, so it's fine. Is she cute. She was worth it. She cute. She got big old fat cheeks. Yay. Um, but it, it's beautiful. And I think, too, you know, I'm at the point where, you know, when you're young, you're like, how do people, like, uh, mentor and, like, connect dots? And, you know what I'm saying? How do people so, have a how career? Do get, how, how do you how get, do you get to that? that point? But now I am an advocate. I am there to help people down their path. And I get what's so dope about being a mirror trainer is we're national and now becoming international and I'm helping women now essentially around the world mm -hmm. be empowered to stay in their bodies, to love their bodies. I'm intentional about saying the word sexy. Like I want mothers Oof, to yeah. stay in that space. Like you, you got a baby in your body with sex. So right. why should you stop having sex after you have a baby? That's right. I, I mean, this might be TMI, but I love on myself more than ever now. Yes. I was saying, well, we, we had a question um, earlier um, uh, where Laura was like, um, what do you do for self-care? And I was like, self-pleasure. Yes. Self-pleasure. Yes. This is important. My mama tried to teach me young. And I was oh, like, mm -mm, I, I, want, I want the real thing. And she's like, also girl, that. like, it's a lot faster, easier. And you get it done how you want it done. And I was like, wow, oh, what yeah. a good mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Catholic school mom. And, you know. You know, she believes that that should keep going. Let's oh, put it that okay. way. Proud of her. It should never stop. Part of her. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, I, I really want to teach that to my daughter, actually. I think it's really important because if we don't know how to pleasure ourselves. You can't teach the person to pleasure you. That's right. And yeah. also, and have autonomy over your body and All your of own that. sexuality. Uh -huh. And also there are so many bliss chemicals that are available to us in orgasm, you know. Why would be Why would we be snoozing on that? It makes it that? better. I mean, everything's better once you have an orgasm. You like everything what was I is mad better, about? and you, and you, and it's yours. <laughs> it's yours for the taking. Uh -huh. This is your body. Go for it, babe. Yeah. Oh, and you have a daughter. My mom. I know this is a little off topic, but she answered my question the best. So I had the nerve to say, "Were you a virgin when she got when you got married?" And she was like, "I ain't answering that question." Um, but then she said, "It's your body." And no one can tell you what to do in your body. But she said, when you engage in adult activities, there are adult consequences. So just make sure when you make that choice, you're ready to deal with the consequences. I, like I was that. like, ooh, that was good. Yeah, did you write she that didn't give me life? the answer, though. I was like, so am I supposed to have sex with him or not? <laughs> so did you have sex with him or not? I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, not, <gasps> not him. <laughs> I did not have sex with Smart him. Smart mom. <laughs> no. Good mom. It was good. It was good because, you know, and that... That's empowerment. When it you have was. choice, you have power. Because she didn't tell me what to do. 
with my body either, right? That's right. And make me afraid or yeah, it was it was good. I was like, ooh, that was good. I still remember we I were know, in the car too. Yeah. I think she probably felt like she was about to crash the car. Yeah. But she was like, she's like, just stay calm, Denise, stay calm. Well, I don't know. I think I I hope that when that come when that time comes for my daughter and my son, that like I can be enough in my own pleasure and my own power that I can deliver that script. That's a good script. It's a good one. That's why I wanted to share. But th- thank you so much. Did everyone get that? Yes, write it down. It worked. It was good. Because the vi- I, I hope that the vibe is like even keeled, but the words are good. You yeah. Know, that's, that, that is the truth. Like, I can't stop you. I can't. It's like how I feel about when like my kids um, sleep or don't sleep, eat or don't eat. I mean, I can't do it for you. This mm-hmm. is your life. This is your body. Like, I, I actually can't. If I could, I'd put the broccoli in your mouth, but I I can't put it, get it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel the same way about like, you know, eventually with sex. Like, I, I don't have power. I don't really have power over yeah. them. And the illusion of that power would be. But I want women to be empowered to love what they see. And at, at every chapter and iteration of your body, because it's not a size thing. And with Samuel, you know, I was younger and I did, I hate the word snap back, but my stomach, my uterus shrunk at a pretty fast rate. But I pushed him out with a 98 percentile head for three hours. Oh. So I didn't want to do a jumping jack for nine months. I was not incontinent. And all the things I teach worked. I tried twice. I had big, big babies and had to push Samuel for three hours. And Baldwin was nice. He had a smaller head for 15 minutes. I was very appreciative. But Thanks. it took time to heal, right, and all of that. And I didn't. I wasn't public with my journey because I didn't want anyone to think, like, I need my body needs to look like Rachel's body. But with Baldwin, I was very public because I realized my body's my body, but my uterus did take longer to shrink. And I educated a lot of women that didn't have babies that were like, why is your stomach still big? I'm like, girl, like, your sister got three kids. You didn't know, like, you don't just go no, back. Don't know. People don't and it know. takes time. And I felt stronger after Baldwin to be physical sooner, but I, I my uterus took longer to shrink. Do you know, do you know <clears throat> why, what the difference was? Age, Age. Um, maybe. Stress, maybe. You know, yeah. I was at pandemic, whatever. You know, maybe how even he was, all of the things, his right. positioning. Um, yeah, any number of contributing factors. But, um, but you shared it. I shared it, yeah. And I shared more of my body than my baby, immediate postpartum. Because we lose sight of mom and... You know, while she's pregnant, there's a lot of like, oh, congratulations, the baby. It's still kind of her. And then it's like, the baby. And you're like, oh, my God. Where did I go? Um, I, I feel like my vagina's going to fall out, and I have a diaper on, and my breasts hurt, and no one's talking to me, and my partner's sleeping more than I am. So, great. That's my, this is motherhood? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, mm. No, that's not motherhood. That's not okay. Right, it's not okay. And so I say to women, I want you to do things that make you recognize yourself. Second baby, because I thought I was going to have like a Beyonce moment in my first birth, but after pushing for thir- three hours, you just, you don't look cute. It's blood vessels are shot. The hair, I kept trying to put my bandana on, but everything. I was like, I was not cute. So I got my braids done. I got my lashes done. For the second baby. Yeah. My, my nails were done for, for Samuel, but this one I had, I was ready. Okay. Proud the brows were done. The nails were done. Good. The lashes were done and the braids were ready. So we could... You know, 
roll over when you take a picture so you can take a picture and then when you wake up with and you waddle to the bathroom which in your little pot to squeeze on your vagina and then you you pooping and breastfeeding and all of those fun things that you have to do postpartum you can at least stand oh up God, and- is it weird that i missed that that is so weird i had a moment where i was like oh i'll never do that again that's bizarre. What, breastfeeding and pooping? Breastfeeding and pooping. That yeah, was such a moment. I was like, hand, oh, I remember that. And then, yeah. What is that? Oxytocin. <laughs> Go on. You're like, is this my Why life? Why are we nostalgic so about I that So I showed moment? all of that stuff. I'd be in the bathroom, like, on the gram, like, so this this what it is, in case anybody wanted to know. Like, it's not the celebrity who posts in her bikini, like, one week after, like, with all the right angles. And then you on this gram, I'd be like... Her abs are flat in her mouth. And I know that it's like kind of a lie or she just kind of lucky that way. But maybe she has a bunch of cellulite somewhere else that I don't have. You know, it's just like who can Or maybe she didn't breastfeed and so she lost weight faster. There's so many things, contributing factors. And I, I mean, variables. the overarching thing for me is I don't care. Like, I, 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 who fucking cares? You put life on this earth. I know. You life-giving <laughs> goddess. <laughs> right. The idea that we would... Mi- the idea, because we can't actually hold the grandeur of what this woman just did. We have to, where our brains are scrambling for what just happened here. Right. And we're like, body, 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 body. I can't when with really, that, that snap back. Oh, you see your stomach's so mm-hmm. flat. And I'm like, but there are women, this is my fitness hat on, are, are hurting themselves, right? They're going and running and they're having incontinence and prolapse because culturally there's so much pressure for them to be thin. So I'm an advocate for black women, but I'm as equally as loud about the amount of white women who are incontinent because of the social pressure to be thin. So in the black and brown community, if our man looked at us like, you need to lose weight, you just had a baby, we would be like, excuse me, keyword, I just had your baby. Like, (laughs) are you worried about me being what size? Like, that's ridiculous. That's the culture. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It's not that we're not trying to be fit eventually, but like not right after what? Like that doesn't even make sense. In the wrong. And if you think about Africa, like my girlfriend's like, when I'm thin and anywhere in Africa, I'm not getting any play. When Mm. I'm thick, I get play. So that's Mm. why when I was young, I'd be like, I wish I had some hips and some thighs. Then I would get more attention. Oh, Rachel, next you're doing just fine. <laughs> I get attention, but, um, but it was funny. I would have arguments with white girls with hips. And then now in the Bay, we didn't talk about like a lot. Of, I went to Catholic school, so there was a lot more Jewish girls than I realized. Mm, in life? Well, no, in high school. In, in Catholic school? Yeah, we had Jews in Catholic school. Why would they person. do that? that makes no sense. <laughs> it's not like... Forty thousand dollars is yeah. back when I went, it was and like, it's a good and it's a good education. No, I went to a liberal. I mean, we had like a, a gay club and drama oh. club. Like it was oh. a very a progressive. Jew club. Um, they might have. They probably did, but I just you know Love they didn't that. do like the prayers. They would just sit down for that. But That's I remember so too, it was body type because we talk about hips and things like that. And there were non-Jewish girls that were thick too, and we would argue about that. No, I, but Jewish girls have hips. But then I would find out how many white girls had curly hair. Uh-huh. And we would oh. go through this. And they were like, I wake up every day and straighten my hair. I'm like, yeah, I know. Every day? They hate themselves. Why you do that every day? And they their hair be so, they have one day and it come curly. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Just yeah. come, just wash and go. Just wash and go. I know. I mean, the amount of... Se- Listen, I, I, what I'm also hearing from you is so beautiful. You're like, I'm advocating for black mothers. I'm advocating for black women. I also see that white women suffer. We oh, are suffering yeah. from a patriarchal system that is oh, cruel. Yeah. And oh, you, yeah. And you are, I mean, you are so beautifully seeing that and, and really it, serving yeah. that. 
And I, I just want to say, like, back to your um, birth queen vision. Like, I want to be... How, how do white women help? What do we do? Yeah. I, what do we do? Because I see, I see you serving the general population of women in the most loving of ways. And I also see that that is such a beautiful position to be in to say, guys, and we have a specific mm-hmm. racist issue that is leaving mothers and babies dead. Yeah, I think it's it's talking about it. It's if you happen to be at the hospital at the same time and see you're getting a different treatment, saying something. It's... Um, can people donate? Yes, you can donate. <laughs> money saying, talk, baby. Money yeah, talk. I mean, if someone's listening to yes. this and they're and they're inspired by you, Rachel. Money is money, yes. So please visit birthqueen.org. Please follow us at birthqueen.org on Instagram. Um, and yes, money is is a real thing. And I like to say to people, any any money, right? I, I have monthly donations for $5, $20, $15, you know, and then if people can give... 500,000, great. Um, but please don't think that, oh, I don't have enough to make a difference. And I think because if too many of us are like, well, my little bit is not enough, it is. Um, there's also just things that I want to do that are just outside of the box. Utilizing your platform to share black birth stories so people yeah. hear and understand. Um, <clears throat> also, if you have, you know, a, a, a business that you can donate in kind or a restaurant or your photographer and you can donate free like mm. maternity or newborn shoots to black families. I what want is that? tell me more about that. I want that's just my it? vision. I want black women to have the full New York <laughs> baby experience that costs hell of money so you know money. what I mean so you have money. a midwife and a doula and then you have a photo shoot during your pregnancy and then a photo newborn. shoot during your pregnancy oh my god what yeah. is that but okay oh my god I had an amazing one you did Lily is she's out of New Orleans and that it all worked out she happened to be in LA amazing. when I tell you I felt like I was mm. queen goddess mother sexy beast with this big old baby mm. in my belly it was awesome and so I felt I I loved being pregnant yeah. Um, being pregnant with a toddler is, is it's a whole other thing. It's, it's just the struggle it's a whole is real. Other thing. Yeah. So it's you, it kind of sucks because you're just tired all the time. Yeah. But it's still beautiful. It's all of the above. Um, <laughs> it's all of the above. That's true. And I just want like women to have that. And so I think what it was is that birth queen is my hope is that black women have that empowered experience that I had. I, everything about my births didn't go as planned, but but they were. I left them feeling like I was at the center. Because you're educated in this arena? I believe it was education, yes. Um, It it was my team. It was um, where I chose to birth. But I absolutely dealt with a power dynamic and judgment because of even my stature. That women didn't believe I was going to be strong enough to push. With my second baby, I had to argue they kept being like, and she just put her on pit to push. And I'm like, I, I don't need that. But they see that I'm, they assume I'm not strong because of my stature. Mm. I've dealt with that in my fitness career a ton. even mm. And it's other women a lot. Oh, I like, mean, I, the thing about <laughs> racism and hate in general, it's internalized also. Like women do, are unfortunately as patriarchal, 
as men. And and it's not serving anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a system that's faulty. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like men are the only ones benefiting and or, um, you know, serving up the, the patriarchy or the, the pitting women against each other. We're, we're doing yes. it to ourselves also, unfortunately yeah. and unconsciously. I, I don't think any, right. wo- any woman is like, I'm going to make this person suffer. I, I'm going to judge this person. Yeah, and I think... I mean, maybe some are, actually, but well, yeah. for the most I, I think what's your question of, like, the, the what can white women do? Something that happens a lot is... I, all women, but I'm a white no, woman. No, no, no. But uh, something that happens her. a lot is there's... A common um, comment that I get a lot from white women and other black women get is like, I understand. That has to stop because you don't and we don't expect you to. It's like if we talk about religion and you're like, well, I'm Jewish and I'm Catholic. Oh, I understand. Well, what is that? No, what? Like, why why do you even feel the need to say like, it's just like, it's like looking at your male partner and be like, I get what it's like to be a man. But do you, like, do you? That is so interesting. I was just saying to you don't, Laura. And you never will. Wait. So why are you saying that? What is that coming? Like, where is that coming from? Mm. Um, and it's common. And I think it's just a nervousness and like a, I mean, listen, like these days, I, I don't want to be white and someone be like, are you one of those whites or one of these whites? I don't know which side of it are you on. Like, you know what I mean? Real like, talk. I mean, if you're a great white person, you're like, oh God, like, <laughs> oh my God, do they think I'm one of those? Yeah. And so I think it could it's come real. simply from, I don't know, I understand, I'm not that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Although, you know what's really interesting? I was just telling Laura that I find it very healing for non-Jewish people to say, I do see anti-Semitism and you're not making this up and I hold that and I understand. Yeah, holding space, yes. But I, but I actually enjoy the I understand. I, I love a good eye-to-eye moment with a person who's not Jewish who says, I, I see it, I But understand. seeing you, hearing you, receiving you, being open to receive you is different than saying... I understand because I think uh, I understand I you put yourself shut, on shut. top and you you've mm. put yourself back in the seat of power. Mm. It, when I am a doula, I am here. Yeah, I'm not here. Right. I'm like, what do you need? Mm. I am receiving, feeling, uh, or just silent. And so if you always have a voice, understand black women do not. No one wants to hear what we have to say until we're needed to save the day. Then we save the day, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and we still do it, but we don't have space to lay down, to be cared for. It, it, because we're holding space for black men, yeah. we're holding space for white men. We're hold, we're always. I mean, if you really think about the construct of this country as black women and slaves, we fed the babies, raised the babies, breastfed the babies, right. cooked, cleaned, were fucked and had to suck. Like we were used. That's right. Right. And so it's aggressive to hear that, but we have to understand what that is and and how how it goes so even black women it wasn't until maybe nine months ago that i was like i never felt okay saying i'm not okay wow because no one ever asked Mm. including other black people because when miss usa jumped i saw her i said yeah 
She ain't okay, but she's pretty. She's light skinned. She's skinny. She was Miss USA. She got curly hair. She's perfect. Her life is perfect, right? So no one's asking you. Now I'm not walking around like, oh my God, my life is so hard. I'm not, not doing that. But I do have a right to say I'm tired. I do have a right to say I'm overwhelmed. I do have a right to ask for what I need, to know my worth and to expect it. Yeah. Right. Without being called a diva, or the gold digger, like all of that. Oh, you know, when I speak my mind, when you're passionate or you're, you know, all of those things that we do. And so it's it, but it's tough. Right. And I know I think the other thing that 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 during the 2020, I had a lot of conversations with white people, brands and people, individuals like how do I talk about race and how do I do better and all that. It's um understanding that black people don't have a net. We don't have anything to fall. So if we, if we succeed, we're, we're trying to pull as many of our people with us as possible. So the pressure is really, really real. And I always like to talk about mothers, like working mothers, especially if you go back to work and want to breastfeed, right? Um, you talk, you think about a black female executive surrounding by white males. And then you think about the, the girl, the hourly young mom or whatever at McDonald's. They got the same amount to lose. They can't speak up and advocate for themselves. They can't say, I need to pump, because what if that doesn't work? They can't say, I need time off, because they won't have their job when they get back. Like, I have, like, my girlfriend is a PhD from Columbia who went back to work in a week. After she gave birth. A week. She is a psychologist who went back to work in a week. Because she knew her position wouldn't be there. She didn't have to do it. Her man is a traitor. He's, they're millionaires. It's not about the money. She cares about her work, but she's not valued. So she literally, and I said this to her and I said, I didn't mean it like that. I said, you literally drove yourself crazy to keep your job. And I said, I didn't mean to say that. She said, absolutely. I gave myself depression because I'm trying to keep up. As a mental health care provider. Yes. Because there's no one saying, I need you, I need to create space for you to heal and, and do what you need to do for you as a woman and for your family. And so she said, I actually ended up hurting myself and my family to provide for my family and make my family proud or whatever her thought process was. Right. And she also brought up something crazy like the FMLA. Some people can opt out of that. So she didn't have the option to even have that. So she didn't get paid. Then if she didn't, if she took the time off, she would have had to pay full insurance coverage. Oh, it's all crazy. But what, yeah. What you were saying, I just want to underline something. You were saying when women, when white women say, I understand mm -hmm. almost in a knee-jerk reaction, it's not helpful. No, and it, it's not that I'm mad at it, but it, it's okay if you are. I just yeah, I wanted to underline it yeah. because I wanted to. It's important. I think I want that we the talk listener about. to hear it. Mm -hmm. Because realize when you say that, like, just ask yourself where is that coming from? Like, with a need to say that, and that when you do that as a talker, I'm guilty. But when you're talking, when you're responding, you're not receiving. You're defending. You're explaining yourself, and so you're not learning anything. Right? We're not having a shared experience because you've now made it about yourself. Wow. And so black people laugh all the time when white people say, I understand. We're like, well, clearly you need this to be about you. And so we shut down. Wow. 
Because most black people aren't going to, we don't want to explain, we don't go there all the time, right? Exactly. (laughs) We're tired, we're tapped out. So yeah. 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 I mean, the question really came back to how do we support what do we do for birth queen specifically? Yeah, for that I mean, vision. I think, and I, yeah. And, and most importantly, I think you, you're you're telling us, you know, listening, donating, we holding the vision that black women should have the same safety mm-hmm. and experience that white women have, meaning the, you know, the the midwife, the doula. The the photographer, I love this idea. The yeah, photographer. I mean, yeah, because it's imp- it is a beautiful time, and so I think the other thing is, imagine if you get pregnant and immediately you're like, "Am I gonna die?" All of my friends are worried. Are question young black women in their early twenties are like, "I don't even know if I want to have kids," right? Because what, you, what what people have to understand about the black experience is every day we're worried about coming, surviving our day. So for me, this is not, Birth Queen is not here. Like if you scroll to the beginning of my uh, Birth Queen posts, I was dressed in my Christian Louboutins and I was all, you know, in all the, you know, looking pretty and all that. Because for me, black women and pe- my people need to be reconnected to our abundance. We came from abundance from Africa. Right. Africa is the most resourceful and beautiful continent in this planet, on the planet. And and so it is by design we were taught, and that was all stripped from us mentally, emotionally, and physically. We were broken down. Our families were broken down. Our bodies were practiced upon and used, right? So I want us as Black women to realize our power and our and reclaim our joy and our abundance. And I am over the survival narrative for Black people. Mm-hmm. And so, a woman surviving her birth is baseline. It's twenty twenty two. Like that's not nobody should be getting a cookie for that. No. Right. You need to make sure that every mom and baby and therefore family leaves empowered as they enter their journey of motherhood. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, especially now, I mean, we know the Sandra Bland's of the world. You definitely can also or Breonna Taylor, you can lose your daughter as well. But we definitely know if you have a son, the level of stress as a black mother and father is really intense. And so that is why I had anxiety attacks every night of my third trimester, knowing I was bringing another black son into this world. And my baby Baldwin is a beautiful chocolate boy who is delicious. And and white people think he's delicious, but at what point are they gonna see him as a predator? At what point are they gonna start clinching their person in elevator and crossing the street when they see him? He's gonna have a very different experience than his brother. He will be stopped and frisked. His brother, not as much because he looks more like me. So I'm going to have to raise his big brother to protect him in ways, in different ways. Mm. His brother will be able to speak up in more ways possibly than Baldwin because of his packaging. Mm. And so it's that deep and granular. And so I don't want every mother to worry about surviving her pregnancy, her birth, and then have to deep go into worrying if her children is, are going to be able to thrive. So... It's just unacceptable to me. And my mom had a comment during COVID. She's like, well, your grandfather survived and we're strong and all that. And I was like, nah, ma, like, cut that. Black people, it's too exhausting to be like, I'm going to survive my day. That's why, like, you know, I have an actress. So, you know, sometimes I laugh. You know, white people just, like, cross the street, you know, and they don't even look. And I'm like, 
that's privilege, you know? You just you just gonna walk in the street just to survive, just survive. walk in the street, you're not even looking. You know I, I mean? Like black people are like, yo, I gotta make sure like I'm good. Like it's just it's that. And I, I use humor because this can get really heavy, but when you don't understand privilege, my my, my best friend Sheena McIntyre is in town and she is white and grew up in Oakland and, and she's in beauty. And someone was like, oh my God, like I had a hard life. They, they didn't understand their privilege. And she broke it down. I was like, damn girl, that was good. And so she looked at her and she said, okay. She was another white girl. And she said, when you go to CVS to buy shampoo, it's there for you. Because you and your needs are always considered. And I was like, well, that's, that sums it up. Wow. And it, I mean, it get. It's, 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 she said, I didn't say you didn't have a hard life. I said your needs are always considered at every turn. And black people's are not. And it's not an accident. It's right? by design. Yeah. And so that is what I, in a very deep way, you know, it's like a really easy job. I was like, so let me just found this nonprofit and like <laughs> fix all the problems. But, but that to me is what keeps my fire burning is because I, everybody deserves to wake up and have a shared experience. You know what I mean? Like to live. you look at Ukraine, like my son was complaining about not, he didn't want to go to bed because he wanted to play with his toys. And I looked at him because I'm this type of mama. And Oakland came out in Harlem. I've been shared half my life in both places. And I said, there are kids in Ukraine walking for hours who might not see another day. So what we're going to do is thank God for what we have. It is time to go to bed. And he was like, oh, okay. I actually heard you um, give a sample of your parenting on uh, the Goals <laughs> podcast also. And I literally wrote, wrote it down. Oh, I was yeah. like, how do you think that makes mommy feel? <laughs> I was like, that's what you said on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you were raising like, you kids. Looked, you looked at him and you were like, how do you think that makes me feel when you talk to me like that? And I was like, that's exactly what I'm going to tell Ness next time. Because really, I mean, we can't be raising children to not respect their own mother, the place where they Oh, came. yeah, we, we don't do that. That's not in my house. I'm not saying he's always respectful, but I bring it to his attention and I bring my needs and my feelings to his attention because that's not in his realm. And so I said, did you think, and I, I intentionally don't say, did you think about your little brother? Mm. I first say, did you think about my needs? Mm. He like, no. And then I said, did you think about Baldwin's? He's like, mm. I said, you're not the only one with needs in this world. Yeah. You're just not. And so we don't help our kids by giving them everything. And it's hard. And a lot of black moms, when we speak specifically with our boys, we know they're going to have a hard life. So we just try to give them everything and love on them. And and I love all my boys, but there are consequences. And I don't think I'm setting you up for success to put you in a world that doesn't consider any of your needs. And not all of your needs are considered inside this house. Like there's got, we got to strike a balance. And and I just want to, for me, I don't care if my kids get an A. That's not important to me. And we look at the world today, I want kind, I want healthy, happy, and kind. That's right. And, and, and if we all, you know, and, and something I've been and really focusing on in my teaching at Mirror and just in conversation with other human beings is pour into yourself. If people do the work on themselves to love themselves, this world will be a much more beautiful place. I mean... 
And it's all this adorning, all these things that women are doing in their bodies and all this stuff. If you want Botox, okay, girl, fine. If you want a new booty, that's cool. But like, do you really want that? Or do you feel you need that for someone else? Because you could keep doing all of that and still not like what you see. So for me, fitness, the approach to self-love, it comes from the inside, from your pelvic floor to, you know, just what literally Mary J. Blige's Good Morning Gorgeous. When you roll out of bed, that's why I get my lashes done because it helps. They look so good. Thanks, girl. It helps. You, it, you, of when course you don't, it helps. When you don't I have sleep, the lashes too. They look so good. You're distracted from your bags like <laughs> of sleep when you're like, so well, my lashes look good, good and my brows. Um it is it is that it's what do you, and and the fitness i talk about don't don't just go to this place or that place cuz it's trendy do you feel good i want you to feel good you know i teach breath work and mm. the breath the pattern that i teach is breath in the belly inhale in the belly inhale in the chest and then exhale and i always say we inhale twice to exhale once our offering to the world is important, but nothing compares. Double the amount. We have to pour double the amount Mm -hmm. of love into ourselves because I was someone's child. I, I was God's child here on earth. I think we forget that as mothers. Oh yeah. And if if we, if we, if we, if we lose ourselves, we we just don't have a, a chance. We just don't have a chance. And that's not an option, ladies. Anybody looking and listening? <laughs> do not let these kids tell you're sexy. Don't do anything just because your partner wants you to do it or not do it. I'm not for that. <laughs> Who are you? You are you before your wife, partner, mother, worker, friend. You're you. So you have to stay at the center of your life. And everyone will benefit if you are whole. And everyone will suffer if you're not. And if you're too much or not, whatever, then that's not, that's somebody else's problem. That's right. And so stop, women must stop editing themselves for the fulfillment of others. And I have lived a life where I'm finally at 38 able to be like, you know what? If you coming in my space telling me I'm too much, criticizing and judging and saying I do too much and you do a lot and why you do this and why you doing that, I'm like, that's not love. That's not support. And so I don't want you then to be like, but I love you. I'm just looking out for you. That's not the love I need. And it's not love. To me, what I do is making you feel inadequate about stuff you're not dealing with in you. So what I need you to do, because I love you how you are, how you present. I don't judge people. Unless you hurting kids and something like that, killing people, then we got a problem. But outside of that, do you, boo. That's it. I don't care how you move. Because that doesn't affect me. And whatever I do and how I move has nothing to do with the validation I need to get from anybody. That's not why I move the way I move. I move, I care about people. And I and and I love myself. Yeah. And I'm confident. Yeah. And when I start to feel that's being chipped away, that's that's Rachel's new journey of being like, whoa, I have to be better at letting those unwhole people in my space because they start to chip. And then I'm going, wait, 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 wait. Right? And then my cup was full and then it, they've got holes in it. And now my cup is not full anymore. And I keep trying to no, pour in it. that cup of yours full. <laughs> but think about it, right? We need it full. When you're trying to fill your cup and it's not staying full, look around you. Because you might have some little people that they're like, oh, I'm all here for right, you. Here they're little people. I'm all here for right, you, right. girl. And you're like, mm, 
No, they might be takers. You have children of your own. Like, I have children of my own. I try I try to remind people of this all the time when they act like, <laughs> like I have to take care of them. Like, my parents or my husband. I was like, I have babies. I have babies. Oh, I have some friends I made where them, I was like, girl. And I'm sustaining them. I'm not taking care of any, literally anyone else's feelings. Like, we can talk about it. We can have adult conversation, but. Yeah. What do we want for our children? They're around the same age. My mm-hmm. son is five. My daughter's two and a half. How old are your kids? 18 months and four and change. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we want for them for this, for the future? Oh, God. It's like climate change is like the first thing that comes to me. I want them to have an earth. Um, I want them to feel... Um, whole enough uh, in their skin and in their competence that they can <clears throat> offer their gifts to the world freely mm-hmm. because the gifts they, because the world needs what they have I, I really believe there's no excess in the universe and that they're here for a reason mm-hmm. and I hope that if I can see them and hear them and love them and offer them the appropriate boundaries and discipline that they need that they can freely offer their very specific offerings to the world. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you hope So for? what do I want for my boys? You know, I'm not like, I, I was always the kid when people are like, what's your five-year plan? I, I was like, oh, I didn't like that question. I never did. I don't want them to feel like they have to have a five-year plan. Because to me, that forces you down paths you don't really want to go. Live your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there'll be less confusion in your life because you're living your truth and you'll flow. Like, I'm in my flow. Yeah, I'm not saying my life is perfect. I'm actually in a, a huge metamorphosis, personally. But I am in my flow. Mm-hmm. I am... Seated in my consciousness, I'm connected to higher power, and I'm very focused. And as a result, I always say, leave space on your plate to receive blessings. Mm -hmm. Stay on your center. And that's what I'll tell them. It's hard, right? Your friend does this, or that friend plays with a different friend today, and that's okay. You're still you. Y'all still have your dynamic, and there's other things, right? And and I'm learning that with Samuel, because he's very, he's an empath, he's my baby, very similar to me um and just be a heart person you know what I mean be aware of other people in my parenting you know being aware of emotions being able to communicate your feelings um those things are very important to me and for boys and for certain black boys that's not something you see and my boys have a beautiful loving affectionate physical in play and in love relationship. With each other? Yeah. Yeah. They hold oh hands. God. They cuddle. When my baby cries, my eldest goes, Baldwin, baby Baldwin, it's going to be okay. Just breathe. Mommy just went in the other room for a second, but she'll be back. Wow. You know, they hold hands in the, the bed. You, you parent. Thank you. It's, it's really deep and magical when you, you know, Everything you see about yourself or your people is so negative. 
And in our home, it's very loving and peaceful. And so I want them to know they always have that foundation and that life can be cruel, but you're, you create your life, you know, and you build it. And, and I, you know, we have that commonality. We didn't choose some easy, clear path and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay if you don't want to go be a doctor or a lawyer or a school teacher. That's yeah. okay. And then it's okay if you want to be an actor and then you're like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. it's okay if you want to be a scientist and you don't want to be that. And it's okay if you get married and you don't want to do that anymore. It's okay. Yeah, it is okay. And you love who you love and all of that is okay. And so if we get away from all this stringent structures of like social expectations and careers and finances and measures of success, blow all that away so you can stay focused on who you are. And if everyone does that, whoo, happiness is actually attainable. Paradise on earth. I mean, if we could just, I, I really, if we could listen to ourselves, love ourselves, honor ourselves, my God. Yeah. We would not be uh, at war with ourselves so and each other i mean clearly we could talk forever we could talk forever. my bestie's like girl i thought she was finished at 345 sorry 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 (laughs) no it's okay i don't care um it's a hard conversation it's a worthy conversation um i'm grateful for you i'm grateful for you and hard is not bad no no if i could leave people with that hard is not bad challenges change us and when you're uncomfortable you're growing yeah and growth is is beautiful, right? Like, why do we want? It's life. Growth is yeah, life. Yeah, I don't want to live in no puddle. Mm-mm. I want to live in the ocean. You know what I mean? That's right. That's, puddles have bacteria. That's right. And I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're heading toward the ocean. I really do. I don't mean mm-hmm. to sound Pollyanna, but I do feel like this uncomfortable metamorphosis. It had this, to happen. These uncomfortable conversations. They have to happen in order for us to really live in our truth as you say as a collective correct um if you can leave us with some of some more information where we can follow you where we can continue to support you or maybe you can send me some of your beautiful contacts um so that we can elevate black voices um tell these stories Mm -hmm. it's important i'm both laura and i are are committed so we are thinking of getting on a panel Mm -hmm. um you and i with perhaps some some mothers yeah i think it would be great to have like black mothers share birth stories but also now single black fathers who've lost their partners as a result of this crisis because i think that really brings it to a head right you're like oh you know because there's all these ideas that black dads don't step up well yeah they do because a lot of them have you know are left motherless Mm -hmm. um and their babies and what's even crazier is they then some of them have to fight for custody what oh yeah it's yeah, we'll be here all day. So we'll uh, we'll be here another day. We'll be here to continue day. Yes. the conversation, <laughs> perhaps on a panel. And thank you so much. Yes. So in closing, Rachel Nix, follow me at Rachel E Nix N I C K S. Follow at Birth Queen Org, and please visit www.birthqueen.org. I just want to um, encourage the listener that if you do um, have whatever amount to donate to the um, nonprofit, I, I strongly, strongly encourage you to. Um, I, I love and appreciate what you're doing, and um, thank you. Thank you. Oh, and if you want to buy a mirror, Rachel 3, and you get a little discount. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.